Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hello and welcome to another episode of Talking City, the Manchester City podcast from the Manchester Evening News. My name's Joe Bray. I'm your host for today and joining me is Stu Brennan. Hello, Matt. How are you doing? Yeah, fine, mate. Fine. Melting like everybody else. And, that's it, that's it. I'm fully expecting that uh, our dog will make a, yet another guest appearance on the podcast. You always <laughs> ring me. You always ring me when the postman's about to deliver. And he hates the postman. So, uh, he's, uh, he's he, no doubt he will, uh, you, you'll probably hear him at some point. But, uh, I will, yeah. We'll look forward to his, uh, his hot takes on City's Champions League progress. And, uh, well, uh, I think we'll get straight in. And uh, City, you're about to fly out to Leon, uh, not Leon, the plane Leon. You're about to fly out to Lisbon tonight, um, and that is because City beat Real Madrid two one. Um, would you say it's the best City night in Europe, as as has been suggested? Um, well, after the after the last one against Real Madrid in the Bernabeu, yeah. I mean that's that's when they won it. Um, I mean, put the two nights together, uh, and it's certainly been the the biggest biggest result I mean obviously people people of my age group and a little bit older will say well hold on they won the Cup Winners Cup in in 1970 when when that was a big thing uh, so that was that was you know undoubtedly the biggest European night it's it's the only European trophy but in terms of the Champions League and the modern era um, it's, a, it's a huge step forward I mean I remember thinking a few years ago when they went to Roma and had to win uh, to progress and they won there 2-0 I remember thinking that was a huge step forward uh, in terms of City's Champions League education and getting that. They needed that little bit of self-belief. As players, they all have self-belief, but there's kind of a self-belief as a squad, you know, the, the belief that you, can, you you do belong up there. You do belong in the same bracket as Real Madrid and Bayern Munich and Barcelona uh, and, and that these teams who've been winning it for years. Um, and I think beating Real Madrid, 13 times winners and, and everything that goes with it. I mean, Real Madrid, when they turned up at City, you just got the feeling from everybody who was around, you know, the journalists and everybody else, that they still expected to go through. You know, mm. they, they were turning up to City. They were Real Madrid. They were going to come come to the Etihad and, and assert themselves, show everybody what Real Madrid are about. And the fact that City not only negated that, but then um, beat them, you know, outplayed them, really, in, certainly in the second half. Um, just adds to that little bit, you know. You, you sort of grow as a club, you grow as a team in the Champions League, and you just got the feeling that after that, after beating Real Madrid twice, there's a feeling of, well, yeah, I mean, we belong, we do, really do belong, and we've got nobody to fear. We've already beaten Real Madrid, we can beat anyone. Yeah, I think that's it. That's one thing that City have really lacked is that big scalp, and uh. Well, you know, after the game, there was there was a lot of talk of Real Madrid's mistakes and Buran gifting City two goals. But from my perspective, I thought it was City making all their own luck. It was the press from from the first minute was, was sort of didn't give Real Madrid any any time to sort of dwell on the ball. And uh, Gabriel Jesus made the first one with his pressing uh, to make the mistake for Varane and, and his second one. Um, I think I saw a video the other day of. Um, 
the, the reaction of Kyle Walker, but you can see as soon as Varane goes to the ball, Jesus knows exactly where, where it's going to go. He's, he's anticipating that that header isn't going to reach the keeper. And it was a fantastic finish. So I, I don't buy into any of the sort of City gifted the win. I think City were full value for that win. Yeah, absolutely. The two goals did come from errors, but they were forced errors, like you say. Yeah. I mean, it was it's a, it was a bit annoying. I, know, I, know a few, I wrote a piece about this last week, and then one or two City fans who got annoyed because, uh, you know, the, the TV footage kept cutting to Sergio Ramos in the stands, you know, making yeah. the point, oh, if Sergio Ramos had been there, this wouldn't have happened. But Sergio Ramos was there in the first leg, and it happened then as well. You know, yeah. um, it, it, he was out-jumped by Jesus for, for the equaliser. Uh, it, the reason he wasn't at the game last week was because he pulled Jesus back uh, when Jesus was full on, you know, two on goal. So to suggest it was all about Sergio Ramos's absence, it was just nonsense, you know, and it, it's quite annoying, really. But that does tend to happen. It's not just happening to City. You, you tend to find that these big clubs like Real Madrid and Barcelona, when they when they get knocked out of Europe or, or, or of anything, it's never they were beaten. It's always they lost. You know, they always. There always has to be a reason that they they threw it away. It was a but, but you know City deserve the credit for for exploiting uh, exploiting the weaknesses and, and and pressing them. I mean, pick that front three for that express purpose. You know, Sterling, uh, Jesus, and Foden just full of running, full of energy. Um, and he knew that they would they would cut, backed up by De Bruyne as well, of course, who, who sort of did a vital, had a vital role in cutting off the, the ball into midfield. Um, and he picked it for that that very reason. So you know, yeah, again, you've got all your hands up to Pep and say he got it, he got it bang on, and his players executed it perfectly. You know, it's a masterclass. When you look, as I've done, if you look at that that first goal, the way that City closed every option down. I mean, they were trying to get 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 it to be given to the keeper because Courtois isn't very good with the ball at his feet, as we saw. Mm-hmm. And the idea was get it to make sure they give it to Courtois. Um, and and then he will give it away, and then you know you you, you keep them penned in that way, um, and you got the feeling that was on Varane's mind. He knows that Courtois is not a keeper who can play with his feet, so he, he was at cross purposes. He had the ball, he had no out. His only out was to Courtois, uh, and he knew that Sterling was close and Foden was close, uh, so he's kind of thinking, do I give it to do I give it to Courtois? And while he's thinking, Jesus is in and taking the ball off him. Uh, and and City are away, so you know it was it was it was superb. It was t- tactically tactically excellent, and uh, really well executed by the players. And of course, Varane was an error, but forced error. Yeah, and City aren't going to complain with that. I think uh, Jesus's performances over those two legs, partly down to the the role he was given by Guardiola, but were just sort of it just showed how much he's come on in the last couple of years, especially mm-hmm. tactically and off the ball and his, his movement. And uh, I, I would probably go as far to say as that if Sergio Aguero does come back for probably not the quarterfinal, but maybe beyond if City were to get there, that he wouldn't be first choice in, in those games because Jesus has got that run of form behind him. He's, he's, he's running and he's pressing and his movement is going to be too much for quite a lot of the defenders in Europe and I don't think the risk of Sergio Aguero not being fit is worth putting him in ahead of Jesus what, what would your thoughts be on that? Yeah no I, I agree I mean uh, you know again we do we're all guilty of it as journalists you know because it is a story Sergio Aguero is such a big name and such yeah. a big club legend in the run up we've all been every press conference is Sergio going to be fit is Sergio going to be fit I know, but when you sit back and think about it, you think, well, whether he's fit or not is irrelevant because Jesus is going to play. Jesus was certainly going to play 
on Friday night. Now, it might be different against Leon if Aguero was fit, but I suspect not. You know, I, th- I think Jesus has done enough. You know, man of the match in both games against Real Madrid, he doesn't get a lot better than that. Um, uh, and he, Aguero on, is a good option from the bench in, in any of these games because, you know, we know what he's like. He, you know, he, he'll come on and score your goal. He's not got a huge history of doing that in Europe, you know. In in the big games in Europe, he's he's not he's not really come to the fore and, and scored those big goals in big games. Jesus has already done that, you know. He's he's done that in in these two games against Real Madrid, uh, and hopefully his confidence will be flying as a result. He's a big confidence player, uh, which yeah. Aguero isn't. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I think I think Jesus would have played regardless, even if Aguero was hundred percent. I still think Jesus would play in this game. Um, I suspect, in a way, that Guardiola was quite pleased he didn't have that decision to make because it is a tough call. Mm-hmm. You know, everyone wants to see Aguero uh, playing in in Champions League and, and winning the trophy. He's been such a great servant. You know, he's he's been there nine years now, and it'd be like the pinnacle, as it would with David Silva. Uh, I think Pep said last week that the City City winning it for those two players uh, and others who deserve it more than he deserves it, kind of thing, um, would would be a big thing. Um, so everyone would love to see Sergio Aguero score the winning goal in a Champions League final. But you do suspect that Jesus has, has got it now. You know, he's, he's got the bit between his teeth uh, and Aguero will be an option off the bench because it's not just about scoring the goals, you know, it's about about making them. And Jesus made that one um, uh, in the second leg. He, he made the red card for Sergio Ramos in the first mm-hmm. leg. You know, he did so much. His defensive work was immense. I mean, Aguero's improved defensively, but he's not still not at the level that Jesus is. You know, he's he's, he's just he's just incredible the amount of work that he puts in. So yeah, I mean, I I, I think Jesus certainly in the Champions League is a is, is a is a fixture for the for the foreseeable future, regardless of whether Aguero's fit or not. Yeah, and uh, Sergio Aguero coming off the bench, as you say, is not it's not a bad option. What you mentioned there that he's not got the best record in sort of the big Champions League games but one game that he did get a late goal was the 2-2 draw at Lyon last season mm-hmm. in the group stage that was the only point City got from Lyon they lost the first game and Lyon away on Saturday in the quarter final now I think you've written a piece for this morning that was looking at the the lessons City can learn and uh, I was having a look at the, the highlights of those games as well and uh, I think if City approached this game as they did against Real Madrid it will play right into Leon's hands because the goals that they got against City in those two games were on the break, playing balls in behind the defence. They're actually targeting uh, Kyle Walker that I, I, I noticed, sort of mm-hmm. putting the ball in between him and what was John Stones as the right centre back. Um, so I think City will need to adapt the tactics slightly. But um, you you watch that those games. Um, you've written this morning about. What City can learn? What What are your thoughts on what City can expect from Leon? Uh, I, I, I mean, I've not seen a lot of them since those two games last season, to be honest. But <laughs> um, the the thing that struck me about that game was it, it, it came from two individual errors. Uh, yeah. remember, remember Fabian Dell failing to cut out a cross. You could argue Carl Walker was at fault slightly because he let the cross come in. He wasn't exactly vigorous in, in cutting it out. Uh, and the second one was two players who you wouldn't expect it from. It's Fernandinho. I think Laporte gave the ball to Fernandinho in midfield when when he was in a tight situation, and Fernandinho lost it, and and, they, and Nabil Fakir scored from there. Um, so you kind of 
you kind of think, well, City have been doing that kind of thing. That's what's cost them the Premier League this season, those individual errors mm-hmm. from, from players who should know better. Uh, so you do, you sort of, you concern from that. But I, I think the way City played against Real Madrid, the way they defended, uh, was really encouraging. Everyone was totally sharp. There was, there was a complete focus and a determination not to make those 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 errors that um, that cost them so dear against Leon. I say cost them dear. I mean, City still top the group, uh, and but Leon has shown they're, they're a funny funny side because they finished seventh in in the French league. I know the French league was cut short this season, but you know they they were they, they, they finished seventh when when it, it was cut short, um, and they uh, you know then they go and beat Juventus. Uh, over two legs, which is which is a really big ask. So and and last last season against City, they beat City in Manchester. They drew two two. They should have won that game over in Lyon, but then they drew the other four games against um, Hoffenheim mm. and Shakhtar. So you kind of think that they've obviously got a thing. Big games, they come they come into their own. They obviously perform better in in, in these big games. So City have to be wary of that. Um, I think the other the other aspect from a tactical point of view is that Leon really flooded the midfield against City last season. You know they got bodies in there. Uh, they knew that City liked to play out, um, play between the lines, and they really, really looked to swamp that area. Um, now I think that City showed against Real Madrid they're not afraid to go long these days. You know it perhaps would have been anathema to to Pep a year ago. You know to to be playing long balls out. Um, although having said that, Ed, Edison's been doing it for the last last uh, <laughs> two or three years anyway. But they, they're not they're not afraid to to knock those long balls up up to the front three. Even though you know you know Sterling isn't going to win win anything there, or Phil Foden, uh, neither Mares, uh, Jesus has got half a chance because he's got a good spring on him. But uh, City aren't afraid to bypass the midfield if it gets too crowded. So I think that that will uh, that might be key if Leon do attempt, but Leon are probably just going to do what most teams do with City: sit in and look to break. You know they've got pace up front with uh, principally through Depay, um, but you know they they are, they are quick on the counter, and I suspect that that's that's how they'll go into this game, uh, like the Minnows, like the away team, um, and City have been. Have been slack on that, missed the chances this season in certain games, and then conceded at the other end um, when another t- when the other team hasn't created that many chances. So that's where the dangers lie for City. But they just need to gain control of the game and keep that hammer down, keep the pressure on, and uh, make the most of the chances when they come along. Yeah, definitely. I can I can see it going a similar way to the Atalanta PSG game last night, where. PSG dominated the game really, but were picked off, and Atalanta were able to sit back and almost got away with it. It was, mm-hmm. uh, I, I really wanted them to hold on, but obviously they didn't in the end. But um, yeah, I think with Leon, it's going to be interesting because they've lost a few of the key men from those games last season. Mm-hmm. Um, and Dumbele got praise from Guardiola, I believe, after the game. He's left, he's not set the Premier League alight, but he was a big loss to mm-hmm. Leon. Fakir's gone. Um, there was another one that I, could, I can't remember now, but. It's it's going to be a bit of a, a similar side but different. And it's um, I think if City aren't on the top game, Leon can cause the problem. So mm-hmm. it's, it's not the easy tie that some people said it was as soon as they beat Juventus. No, no, um, certainly not. But the very fact that they beat Juventus tells you everything. You know, you you wouldn't eat. You know, they yeah. got one nil one nil from the first leg, and you think, oh, it's it's all over. They'll go back to Turin. We know what Cristiano Ronaldo's like in Europe. You know, and he inspires. This is a team that's. 
won the Italian league, what is it, the eighth, ninth year in a row or something like that. Um, you just you just expect, expect Juventus to steamroll them. The fact that they didn't uh, tells you all you need to know about Leon. Anyone who takes them lightly. I mean, I saw they were 50 to 1 outsiders for the, to win it. Now, mm. I understand that because even if they get past City, they've got Barcelona or Bayern in the semi. So I understand them being outsiders for the for the tournament. But in a one-off game, over 90 minutes, over, over two legs, I would back City 100%. But over over 90 minutes, you know, those odds get reduced. And I think that, uh, you know, we, we know that City can uh, can muck up um, over, over the space of 90 minutes. They've, even even in the restart, they've, they've done... They've, you know, they've shown real good signs since the restart, I think, City. But even then, you know, Southampton, Chelsea, um, they've, they've, they've shown that they've still got that capacity to uh, to slacken off and uh, and let other teams get a sniff. And if they do that against Leon, I don't think they will, because I think the mood in the camp is just absolutely ferocious from, from what I, mm, I yeah. can see. Um, and I don't, I think they, they, they feel that they've got this well within their capability. Uh, and I don't think they're going to, you know, I saw um, it can be the, the Leon uh, striker saying that, you know, City might be overlooking Leon, looking beyond them and thinking about the Barca, Barca or Bayern. I don't I don't think they've got a hope of that. I think everybody's 100% on this game, especially with the fact that they, they couldn't beat them in the group stages last season. I don't think anyone would be taking Leon for granted. So if that's Leon's best hope, that, that City will take them too lightly, I, I think they're, they're in for a bit of a shock. Yeah, I think it was uh, Kyle Walker was speaking and he said, we're not thinking about anything other than the next game against Leon because we know how dangerous they are. Mm-hmm. And I think that's obviously the only attitude that he can take. Um, but he did say, Kyle Walker, that he thinks that the single leg format will benefit City because they can just take it one one game at a time. Similar yeah. to last season when they won, was it 14 games in a row to win the Premier League? Yeah. And uh, I was looking before before we started this podcast, before they lost to Arsenal in the FA Cup semi-final, City won 20 single knockout games in a row. Um, and it's two defeats in 27 in those types of games. So City are experts when it comes to to the, these sort of games when it's go through or go out. Um, and I think, yeah, I think that, that Leon player, as you say, might not have got the mood just right. He's probably hopeful, but I don't think he will have uh, will have got that just right. No, no. City um... one ahead to the next game but I think we can have a bit of a, a, a sort of a speculative look at who City would prefer out of uh, Bayern and Barcelona Oof. I was thinking about this before it's a tough one but I think probably you'd prefer Barcelona because I think they've got a bit more weaknesses in defence but it's a tough one because if Messi turns up he can win a game on his own absolutely yeah I, I, I think Barca marginally um it's, it's, it's tough though, isn't it? Because the two the two great teams, um, you wouldn't want them in a semi final. Um, Bayern have that mentality that, that that I think the City would would badly need to match. Uh, so I, yeah, I, I would I would I would pick. I mean, we'd we making the mistake of looking beyond Leon, but, but yeah, <laughs> if City do go through, um, I would I would think Barcelona marginally. Um, not that it makes a, a great deal of difference. Um, but what, uh, what, like we were talking about earlier, that I, th- I think the problem a lot of City fans have is they look and they think, oh my goodness, Barcelona or Bayern. But they're still thinking of City, even from five years ago or maybe 10, 15 years ago, when they just wouldn't, you know, you would you would make Bayern or Barca massive favourites to win. Um, it's not the case anymore. City belong on that stage. And I think they've realised mm-hmm. they belong on that stage. 
So whichever of those two it is, City will go into it thinking we should win this. If we turn up, if we play to our best, we will win this. Um, you know, they've, they've just knocked out Real Madrid. Uh, and again, people say, oh, Real Madrid aren't what they were. We think they just won the Spanish league. They've just beaten Barcelona to the Spanish title. So, you know, how <laughs> how are they how are they not what they were? You know, they they're obviously they've obviously got something about them. Um so yeah, yeah, but that, that Barca team isn't isn't quite what it was, I don't think. Um but having said that, what it was 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 possibly the best club team, possibly the best team the world has ever seen. Uh, you know, going back a few just not that long ago, so to come down from that level doesn't mean that you're on you're you know you're at rock bottom. It means that you're still brilliant, you're still top class, you're still one of the best teams in the world. Uh, you're just not quite as good as you were a few years ago when they were you know when City just couldn't beat them in in the Champions League. Um, I mean, I, I think back to the group game when City went to Barcelona and lost four 0 but it was not a 4-0 game, you know. Um, it went 4-0 after Bravo got sent off. And yeah. before that, City were causing them all kinds of problems. Raheem Sterling was was really giving their defence a, a tough time of it. Uh, City were 1-0 down and you really they should have got back into it and would have done, but for a dodgy non-penalty. Um, and then they came back to the Etihad and beat them 3-1. And I think that was a big game. That was a, an important game in terms of City's mentality in Europe as well. And it'll be a big game in terms of going into, if, if they do face Barca in the, in the semi, uh, that would be a big big thing to have stored away in your memory bank. You know, the fact that they beat them 3-1. And while he lost 4-0 in Bernabeu, they can remember the, the positives from that game, um, which, which were many. Um and take that with them, and I, I don't. I don't think City need to fear anybody, and I don't think they do fear anybody. I think there's a big difference between the way the players and the coaching staff at City view Barcelona and Bayern Munich, and the way the fans view them. You know, the fans have still yeah. got that old that old City thing about, oh, you know, we're City, we don't maybe we don't belong there, kind of thing. But the players and the coaching staff, that's gone now. I, I think they've I think they've wiped that one clean. Um, I thought I thought it was quite noticeable in the run up to the Real Madrid game um, that we had we had um, we had Rodri saying we're a better team than Real Madrid, which you wouldn't normally expect. You wouldn't you know you normally expect a player in a pre match interview to say oh they're a great team you know if we play well we'll we, we can beat them but they're a great team but he actually came out and said no we're better than them mm. we are better than them and we need to go out and show it. And and Pep, Pep was sort of on the same front foot, you know. He was sort of making that point, and I think that's quite a big leap forward for City in, in terms of, you know, having that little bit of arrogance. You need that bit of arrogance. Real Madrid have got it. Real Madrid came to the Etihad with it, thinking they were going to win that game. Uh, but City have it as well now, and they whoever they face, Barcelona or Bayern Munich, if they get past Leon, um, they will go into it with that. No, we're better than them, and we're going to go out there show them and that's what you need in Europe you need that uh, as much as you need players of technical ability and coaches with tactical ability you need that absolute belief and I think City are at that point now doesn't mean they're going to win it but they're <laughs> at that point <laughs> no I think that that stood out for me and as you say the Rodri quotes sort of made you sort of stand up and go hold on so you just said that but yeah. everything else we've heard from the squad in the sort of the lead up to this game has been we want to win the Champions League like we're here to win it and that's the only thing that they're, they're looking at and it doesn't matter who's in the way they're, they're, 
does have to deal with it and get past them and, and try and win the competition, which I think has been probably what they were lacking, as you say, in, in the last couple of years when they went out to Liverpool and, and Tottenham where there was probably a bit of doubt and uh, sort of mistakes creeping in and mm-hmm. the, the, you, you, get, you don't think that's going to happen this time. And I'll, I'll touch wood on it when I say that um, because <laughs> they've still got three games to go, but there, there's, there's definitely a different attitude in the squad which can only bode well for, for City's chances. Um, mm-hmm. And of course, City will know who they face before they start the, the quarter-final because they're the, the last quarter-final to play. So that might help slightly, but I think it is one game at a time, definitely. I think if you catch any City player saying, we're thinking ahead, the the teammates and the management will will shoot them down. Um, I think before we go and before we let you go off to uh, to Lisbon, um, are there any any updates on, on the transfer front? We've seen Ferran Torres and Nathan Ake confirm their signings. Um, what's the, what's the late, latest state of play? Well, the, the only thing, I mean, I, I wrote this yesterday, was that um, Napoli have signed uh, Michael Hayes. I don't know, Michael Hayes, I think it's pronounced, isn't it? It's a Gabriel <laughs> Michael Hayes from, from Lille, um, 22 million. Well, they've not signed him, sorry. They've agreed um, a 22 million pound fee with Lille, I believe. And he would look to be Koulibaly's replacement. Uh, so you kind of think that uh, that has taken a step there. But having said that, we know, from City's past dealings with Napoli, that uh, their owner, Mr De Laurentiis, um, is a bit of a ducker and a diver, shall we say, in the transfer market. City had agreed a fee with him for, um, you know, they'd shaken hands on it for, for Jorginho a couple of years ago. Uh, and then Sarri left for Chelsea, uh, and all of a sudden everything changed, and Jorginho ended up going to Chelsea. And City were absolutely furious uh, with Napoli and with De Laurentiis and with Jorginho's agent for the way that panned out. So until Koulibaly is signed and sealed, I would not put any store by thinking he's he's going to be joining City. Um, but he's, he's clearly been the number one target. I know that changed a little bit maybe when uh, he had a bit of a nightmare against Barcelona last week. Um, and I think Micah Richards um, put him in the same category as Mangala, which was yeah, a bit, bit, bit harsh with Micah. But, um <laughs> but you know he's playing against Messi he's playing against Barcelona and everyone can have a nightmare against against them um, I'm not sure it's it's made any difference in fact I'm sure it hasn't made any difference to the way City view him um, you know he, he was a man and just one performance isn't going to change him I mean they may may use that as evidence that um, you know the, the kind of fee that Napoli have been asking isn't worth paying but um, there's obviously a bit of shenanigan going on there's a lot of negotiating to be done uh, and I, I wouldn't be sure that he will come because City, City don't do it these days. They will not be able to ransom these days. They walk away from these deals, um, mm-hmm. and they will walk away from this one. You know, they they do need another centre back, undoubtedly a right sided centre back. But they needed one last summer as well, and they, they didn't get one because Leicester were asking too much for Maguire. So they they walked City walked from that deal. And they will do it time and time again. And they don't get enough credit for that, really. People talk about City spending, but they don't talk about the kind of restraint they show, you know, in terms of not going above the ceiling of the valuation that they put on a player. Um, but, you know, if you were to ask me, I would think Koulibaly has taken a big step closer with Napoli uh, buying what or, or agreeing a fee for what appears to be his, his replacement. Um, the noise is coming out of Napoli suggests that that's the case. So, uh, Koulibaly has stepped closer. Apart from that, I, I don't... I, I, 
unless City, City quite in the past, I've been confident going into the transfer window that I knew who the targets were. Uh, and every now and then, there's one that gets thrown up that, that sort of slipped the radar, um, didn't know about. Uh, usually because it's done at the last minute, you know, an opportunity will come up yeah. and within a day or two. It, it sort of escalates and the player's signed before you even know it. Um, but I don't think, I mean, there's been loads of t- to talk about City spending 300 million. I think that, I, you know, I, w- I wouldn't want to knock down a fellow journalist because he's got his sources. Um, but I don't, I don't think that's right. Uh, I don't think City are, are going to spend anything like that. Even if you factor in uh, the money they get for Leroy Sane, the money they'll get for Eric Garcia, um, I don't think they'll spend anything like that kind of an amount. Um, I don't think they will go for a replacement for David Silva because they've got Foden, they've got Bernardo. Um, and unless an opportunity presented itself, we keep hearing about Thiago Alcantara from Bayern. Um, if, if an opportunity presents itself, I'm sure they would they would consider it. Uh, I'm not sure they'll, they'll go for a left-back, uh, even though they probably need one. And I don't think they'll go for a striker. There's lots of noise about the striker, but Sergio Aguero's still got another year. Jesus is doing well. Um, Pep doesn't really need strikers anyway, <laughs> if, if you asked him. So I, I don't think those things will happen. But Koulibaly is centre-back. He's still the one that they, they need. I think that's, that's, that's what we're looking at. Beyond that, I'd be surprised if they, if they signed anybody else. Yeah, um, you talked about just briefly on Koulibaly there. His performance against Barcelona, you say, of course, he's against Messi, but I think there was more encouraging signs there than discouraging if City are to go for him because he was comfortable on the ball when he did have possession. He was bringing it out of defence more often than not finding his man. And yes, he was caught out by Messi and it was a bit of a calamitous penalty to give away. But mm-hmm. I think there's, there was things there that City could coach out of him, even though he's 29 and uh, bring him into the sort of City style of play and uh, and like you say possibly use it to, to bring to bring the price down for for Napoli who's if you believe the Italian reports the, the asking price seems to change every other day from uh, <laughs> 90 million 80 million 70 million whatever so uh, I think that's as you say one to watch um, we'll let you get off to, to Lisbon now where I believe the weather is the same or slightly cooler than Manchester so it was yeah, chucking it down, chucking it down yesterday. Apparently, so. Uh, oh, it? Hopefully that that's. Well, I, I don't mind. I could do with a bit of rain. Actually, <laughs> I'm going to go and stand out in it if it's raining when I get there. Um, but yeah, it's uh, it'll be interesting. Um, I'm not sure Lisbon and lockdown will be a, a great deal of fun, but uh, <laughs> you know the, the prospect of being there um, when City are, are fighting for you know the first Champions League in the history is, is one that's just too too good to to pass up. Uh, and I, I am aware that it's a privileged position and I feel terribly sorry if City do go all the way I'm so so thoroughly sorry for all the City fans they won't be able to go mm. you know um, the, the, uh, friends of mine who've, who've been following City home and away for for 40, 50 years and this would be like a pinnacle moment for them and they, they just won't be able to go go to Lisbon and see it and that's, that's just a, a terrible shame uh, but having said that I'm sure they'll still want them to do it um, it should just be a crying shame that if they do do it, there'll be no fans there to see it. Yeah, definitely. Uh, I'd echo that. Uh, I did, on the weather front, I, th- I found it quite amusing on the, the pictures that City released that all the all the British lads in training in Lisbon were in shorts and T-shirts and all the Portuguese and Spanish and Brazilian ones were all in their uh, long sleeves and sort of hunched <laughs> up and <laughs> thinking it was uh, cold. So 
I'm not sure what weather you'll you'll get when you get there, but hopefully it's a good trip. Uh, I'll definitely enjoy bring it. shorts and t-shirt. There's no doubt about that. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm like that going to the Etihad in the middle of February. So <laughs> there we are. Right. Well, enjoy it, Stu, and uh, hopefully there's uh, a couple of city wins for you to uh, to write about and let there us know go. about from from Portugal. So we'll be back with another episode of Talking City shortly, and hopefully it will be with City looking ahead to a semi-final. They've got to get past Leon, but. We're hopeful that uh, City will learn the lessons from last season and uh, do enough to get through to the semi-final.